and we are almost live. <laughs> there we go. So welcome. Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Creating Consciousness. This is episode 11. Uh, we are going to talk about the U.S. chart. I have world-renowned astrologer Pam Gregory with me today, which I am super honored to have her on my podcast. I was just telling her I'm a small fish again in this big pond. Um, so my name is Paige Elizabeth. I am a personal coach, and I wrote the book Leading an Intentional Life. And like I said, this is Pam Gregory. Um, She's an amazing astrologer. I know my community gives me credit for my decade um, of practice, but you have decades of practice, right? I'm 107, actually. <laughs> so um, could you tell us a little bit about like, your background, how long you've been um, studying astrology, practicing astrology? Yeah, it, it all began um, straight after university. There was a, a big recession in the UK, but I'd already planned anyway. I wanted to emigrate to Canada. So I got on a plane with $100, landed in Toronto to start a new life. And in the first week, I joined a yoga class. And at the end of the class, a couple of the girls said, that chap over there is sort of wonderful big guy from Jamaica. He's an astrologer. So I went up to him and said, look, I know nothing about this, but I'd love you to do my chart. And I went to see him the following weekend and spent seven hours with him. And it just absolutely shattered every view of reality that I had at that point. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was absolutely pivotal in my life. And he, he went back over dates in my life to validate the birth time, which is what I do for clients now. Um, and then went forward and, and it was absolutely on the money. In fact, he did say on the 4th of September, uh, 4th of, 4th of September 1979, major turning point. That was the day I left Canada after five years. And then he said six weeks later, I'd be at a major high in my life. And I was sitting at 19,000 feet in the Himalayas. So pretty spot on. So from that point on, I just didn't stop. The, the time I spent in Canada, I was self-taught. And then when I got back to London, I studied with the Faculty of Astrological Studies part-time because I was working very fully in London at that time, studied with them for eight years. Then I did a master's course with Noel Till, which was fabulous. Sadly, he died a couple of years ago, but that was, that was sensational. He was a genius. And so um, I learn every day, you know, I'm many, many years <laughs> into the study of it now. And I learn every day. And even though I spent 35 years in a corporate career, all through my evenings, weekends, I was doing courses, I was, you know, starting to do charts for friends and family. And yeah, I'm still learning. It never stops. Well, and I tell people that too. I'm like, you have no idea how layered astrology is. Mm. It's no vast. idea. Oh my so, gosh. So vast. And that's what, that's why a lot of people kind of don't stick with it because just the amount of information can be overwhelming in the early days. And it is for everybody. Me too but you've got to stick with it. Absolutely. Um, I've heard you ex um, explain astrology as like another language. And I can appreciate that. I think that is a great way to kind of break it down. Um, I was raised very religiously. Um, and then I started yoga at 16. And um, it's just, it's interesting. You know, you find that like, um, like you say, it's not that we're all so different. It's just, we have a different way of explaining things. And 
I, I personally, and I want to hear your definition of astrology and the history versus like astronomy. I don't know that I've done a great, good, great job with people kind of explaining the difference. I personally appreciate astrology because it's so old. You know, we get caught up in the semantics of religious stuff and it's like, oh, if we just go back a little further, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, but look what we find back here. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I like to lean on astrology. And I tell people, you know, the sun comes up, the sun goes down, things cycle, they change, but there's no agenda. There's no ego behind it. And I really, really, really love that about astrology. There's no, there's no like agenda, like this planet doesn't have it out for you. Right. And I think it's easy to, especially if you, re, if you lean heavily on religion, for example, or you know, even a yoga practice, like it's real easy to get caught up in I'm great because or I suck because and then to just kind of uh, lay in on God or something and I struggled with that so when I found astrology it was so um helpful because I was like oh you mean I'm just in a bad cycle it's not just me like this is great news Like, this is going to end? This isn't, like, my whole life? Thank goodness, you know? And that was just like, oh, it just took the pressure off of me and my identity. It was, it was, so, it was so helpful. So I would love for you to explain in your own words kind of, like, how you would explain the difference between astronomy and astrology and a little bit of that history, just for people who, who are kind of new to this. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, astronomy is very much looking at the facts around um, the planetary orbits and cycles, <clears throat> you know, the mass of each planet uh, and that sort of thing. It's very, very distant from the Earth, etc. all of those facts. What astrology does is take that information and add to it in two very big ways by looking at the geometry between the aspects, which is a huge part of astrology, and also giving each of those planets an archetype, a set of, a set of symbols or meanings. And therefore it's taking the astronomy, I had to do um, an astronomy paper as part of my faculty exam, so I understood basic astronomy, but it takes the astronomy, the facts about the planets, and turns them into meaning for the client. So astrology is a language of meaning which is linked to sacred geometry and archetypes, sacred archetypes, if you like. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting what you said about, you know, oh, I'm going through a really tough time and that must be my Saturn cycle, whatever. It's very interesting because if I can say to clients, look, let me explain the symbolism of Saturn to you that's affecting this particular area of life for you. And then let me explain to you how you can play that music at a higher level. So life is more comfortable. So you're expressing the best of Saturn rather than the worst of Saturn. Because every planetary principle, it's a bit like electricity. You can use it to bring light or torture people. You know, every planetary principle, you can live to its best or its worst. And my job as an astrologer, which is a great job, is to help people live a better and bigger life by playing their planetary music in a more magnificent way if you like, by explaining the best expressions rather than just the rubber hitting the road. And it also helps, I think, astrology because it teaches people that everything comes from inside you. Because say you're having a, a very difficult time with 
a Uranus transit. You know, you're having a heck of a time with, with some relationship, whether it's a boss or a partner or whatever. And that, you know, through the Uranus transit, it's very, very disruptive and hard to maneuver. But if I can say, look, I can see this super clearly in your birth chart. So it must mean that this is coming from within you and being reflected in your outer experience. Mm. And if I can help people to see that, that, that insight instantly changes their consciousness. So I've got a great job, as I say. Right. Well, and I, like I said before we started, you know, the astrologer that I met with, she knew the exact weekend I'd lost my job. It was a Uranus transit. Right. Okay. <laughs> she, goes, <laughs> she goes, if you weren't losing your job, you were going to lose something. Um, but, and I tell clients and students as well, you know, like the more conscious you are, the less hard the, the, the transits are. Totally, totally, 100%. There's nothing to awaken if you're operating from a conscious place. If you're like, okay, I'm ready for whatever's coming. It's, it's not going to be like <clears throat> one of my very good friends who's even better at astrology than me. He, we, we were talking about this and he said, yeah, it seems like when you're unconscious, the event is external. When you're conscious, the event is internal. I really agree with that 100%. Yeah, and, and then life becomes <clears throat> easier and comfortable. Absolutely. 100%. And I had Uranus on my moon, Jupiter, this whole last year. And I was like, come on, bring change. And it really didn't. It just brought a change to my relationship to the community. I'm like, okay. I was really hoping for a big one. I was so bored with this COVID thing. <laughs> and it just was like, you're going to relate to a different community from now on. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Um, so anyway, and then as far as like the history goes, because I've had a hard time actually finding really good literature that kind of explains the history of astrology. I'm assuming you have some good information there. Yeah, I, I learned quite a bit. And, you know, the recorded history, let us say, is that it began around about 6,000 years ago in what was then ancient Mesopotamia. Ironically, it's now modern day Iraq. Um, and it was when people were living very open to the skies. They didn't have television, cinema, computers, nothing. So their entertainment was to watch the planets all the way up to Saturn that you can see with the naked eye. And they'd watch those planetary orbits and they became very astute and very wise <clears throat> those planetary orbits. But they started to tell each other stories about the gods and goddesses who lived on these planets. And that, that becomes the myths, they became the myths that I still use today in my bread and butter astrology. You know, they, they noticed that Mars was very prominent at times when war would start. Mars in myth is God of war. So it's our aggression, our drive, our ambition, our assertion. That's exactly the symbolism that I use every single day in my practice. So whether it's through synchronicity or simply observation, they became very, very clever at understanding the planetary orbits out to Saturn. And then over the thousands of years through certainly the ancient Greek period, um, the Islamic empire, astrology became much more mathematically developed. And astronomers and astrologers were the same people. You know, mm -hmm. if you're an astronomer, you were an astrologer. If you look at, you know, Galileo and Copernicus even and Tycho Bray and all those people, they were astronomers and astrologers. So through the Middle Ages, astrology was really the um, 
very prominent in the educated classes. It was part of the university curriculum. You know, you learn maths and literature and theology and astrology. And every royal court in Europe would have their royal astrologer. Even the papacy mm -hmm. had an astrologer, which is just... <clears throat> and really the crunch time came after all that prominence when um, it was a combination of things. It was um, firstly Copernicus daring to say in his heliocentric theory that the earth went round the sun and not the other way around. And the Catholic church said, how dare you? you know, the earth is the center of God's design. You wicked person, you know, you upstart, you astrologer, astrolo you know, astronomer. And they threw the baby out with the bathwater because they threw the astrology out with the astronomy, if you follow, by Copernicus developing his heliocentric theory. And then really the final nail in the coffin came with Isaac Newton and his laws of motion that said, look, apart from the moon, the planets are way too far away to have any effect on our consciousness here on earth. So it's rubbish in this age of reason and science, this cannot hold as a, as a modality. And therefore astrology at that point was kind of dismissed to the periphery of society and farmer's almanacs. And it kind of rumbled along in, you know, sort of people going for readings at, almost in a seance, that kind of thing. Mm. And really only been since I'd say mm, the 1930s that it started to develop back into a kind of psychological astrology that we use today. So, you know, in a nutshell, that's <coughs> the kind of recorded history. However, you know, if you look at the work of people like Graham Hancock and Robert Duval, his colleague, and look at the what they believe is the age of the Egyptian pyramids, which were built on astronomical principles with a lot of astrological symbolism within them. They say that the pyramids are 12,000 years old and were inspired by galactic beings who came to the earth to, and, and made sure that the pyramids would reflect, you know, for instance, the constellation of Orion. So in short, astrology maybe many thousands of years older than we have in our recorded history. And I'm very open to believing that mm -hmm. because it's detailed very well by Graham Hancock. So yeah, that's, that's really the background. Yeah. I tend to have the opinion that most things ex like, like I, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to prove it, but I'm just going to assume it exists because I don't know. It just seems like our world is so vast to assume that this, that can't be real or that can't be, can exist. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We seem to be proven wrong quite a bit historically. So I'm going to go with it's possible <laughs> and just, just keep it on the table for now. Um, so yes, I'm really excited to talk about the U S chart. I, was always someone who liked to dive into personal charts. And then as, you know, life changed, the world changed. I was like, let's look at the United States chart, you know, like this is my home. And um, I have loved your videos when you have brought up the US. I know you're from the UK, so you're not, you're not a citizen here, but, it, but what you have to say is still very much um, just on point. And just like with my yoga practice as a teacher, it's like the more experience you have, the more layered it is, the more, the more dimension you can see in other people. And that's why I want, like, 
your take on this because I know what I see, but I don't know what I don't see, right? So, um, and so, yeah, I think it would be great to just dive in. And I've heard you say, and I, I think this is really, really important that even though we're dealing with a country's chart, I think that the same rule applies because I know you've talked about the idea of the chart doesn't express consciousness. It expresses potentiality or possibility. And I totally agree as I've, as I've read for people, I'm like, I have no idea like their level of consciousness. And I think the same rules apply when we talk about the United States, because people are really quick to want to stick it in a box and go, well, no, just give me a final outcome. Right. And it's like, well, we can't really predict a hard event or a hard outcome. Right. We can only just kind of express the potential. So that being said, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know you've, you've kind of alluded to those things before. Um, yeah, and just to say, Paige, I really, really, you know, through all of my work for many, many years, I've always said the chart gives you the pattern. It does not give you the frequency. Mm. We as individuals or as the collective give it the frequency. And therefore, the level at which it will express will be very different in terms of events and experiences and unfoldings depending on that level of frequency of consciousness. So that's why I, as an astrologer, can never say that will happen. Right. Because our collective consciousness can change that if we pull mm -hmm. our socks up and get ourselves together. So um, that's very important to understand. And that puts us, I mean, that's so empowering, isn't it? Because astrology then starts to become much less fated and puts the power back to us. And we are in an age of the power of the people with all this Aquarius energy very strongly. Well, and just to circle back to your point about Saturn that you were saying Saturn being this like hardcore, you know, planet that brings karmic events, right? Like Saturn rules my South node. Saturn, like I, I, for me, Jupiter is nothing like, okay, Jupiter, you bring a great idea. But for me, Saturn is the planet where I'm like, come on, bring it Saturn. I'm ready to make something happen. Let's go. <laughs> and it really is the planet I rely on to make things manifest in my world. So it, it really, to gold. It oh my gosh. I love Saturn for that. If you can stay the course, work hard, you know, keep at it. Boy, do you get your reward at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Great, you know, it's not to be dreaded. Yeah, so, yeah, again, it's like your consciousness has everything to do with it. And I, and I think it's really important to emphasize again, it's not fated, we have free will. Um, so I know you've talked about the Saturn Uranus square theme um, on other videos that you've done. But of course, I want to ask you your... your um, perception of that in relation to the United States chart specifically in, in <laughs> what we're going through and everything else. So what do you, what do you, what would you, what would you have to say about that? Um, well, in terms of the U S chart, that Saturn year in a square currently is not hitting off anything specific in the U S chart, which is so, you know, your experience, I mean, there are other things that are very specific that I can talk about if you want me to. Sure. Okay. I mean, one of the very big things that is happening really right now, but peaking in July, August this year, which is going to be very interesting is I use solar arcs a lot. Okay. okay. Which are bigger than transit. So, 
you've got in, and, and by the way, just to say the US chart I use, it's 4th of July, 1776, 1710 in the afternoon, Philadelphia. That's the chart I'm using, which is a very, very popular chart um, for astrologers. That gives her um, an ascendant of, of 12 degrees of Sagittarius. Now, the reason I think, well, there are many reasons. I mean, I've worked with this chart for years, as of many thousands of astrologers. The reason I think that chart is so accurate is at 9-11, the Pluto-Saturn opposition, Saturn was in Gemini, the twins, and Saturn is buildings, and Pluto was in Sagittarius, the sign of flight, exactly mm. across that ascendant-descendant axis, exactly, at 9-11. And for me, that was one of the real clinchers, if you like to use this chart. Okay, so... One of the very significant things that's happening right now, and it peaks in July, August of this year, is we have solar arc Pluto moving on to the midheaven of the US. The midheaven is the government, okay? And so Pluto will always bring permanent and fundamental change to the, to the government, to the leadership of the US. So Pluto, it's linked to the myth of Persephone, which, you know, many people may know that, <clears throat> you know, she was captured and taken down to Hades and crossed the sticks, S-T-Y-X. It was all very dark and scary and came up the other side back to the light. So there's a, there's a purging process with Pluto. There's a death and rebirth, which isn't full of twinkly laughs, um, but it is extremely productive. It's like a tree dying and falling in a wood and rotting down to make fertile earth. It's that kind of thing. So there's some kind of fairly imminent fundamental change about to happen linked to US leadership or US government. I don't know what that change is, but it's likely to be permanent because at the same time we have Pluto moving through Capricorn and also it's moving back to its its natal place because it has a 246 year cycle moving back to its natal Pluto so that's known as the Pluto return so when Pluto is moving through Capricorn it is the deconstruction of the old order Capricorn represents governments this is right across the world this is true so it is it shows up, it reveals any lack of integrity, accountability, transparency that is happening amongst Capricorn type institutions, governments, big organizations, anything that has a top down power over us um, structure. So that is happening globally. But for the US, we've got this solar arc, Pluto, <clears throat> hitting that governmental leadership midheaven. So it'd be very interesting to see what unfolds going through this year, because um, certainly the Pluto and Capricorn piece is linked to the constitution. And I think there's some very interesting things starting to unfold in countries' constitutions about are they still valid and should they be respected and enforced? Or are we just on a wild, freewheeling, let's make it up as we go along type constitution? If I'm being clear. <laughs> so. No, I, I love that. And I, I mean, I, I sent you my notes, but I was like, yes, if you see anything I don't see, please. So I'm glad that you are bringing up these things. I was like, hope she doesn't hold back on progressions if she knows something. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I use the solar arcs, I have to say. I find them much more powerful than progressions by a mile, by a mile. So I haven't 
Yeah, I have not been impressed with progressions at all. They're too, for, for me, I use the secondary progressed moon as, as a timing trigger. That's quite useful as a timing trigger. For me, the others just move so slowly. It's like watching paint dry. So <laughs> the solar arcs are very powerful, but they move on by approximately a degree a year whether it's natal or, or in a country's chart. And by the way, just to say about a country's chart, I struggled with this, you know, how can a country have a chart? That's just kind of crazy. Well, it might seem so, but every chart, including an individual's, is just a moment of, in time. It's capturing in that moment a quality of time. And because these, these countries, uh, mundane charts, are tested to the limit by thousands and thousands of astrologers over time, that gives them validity. Because if they don't work on certain times and days, astrologers will chuck them out and say, no, that's not a valid chart. Yeah. So that's why I think this one um, works so well. Now, the Pluto return is interesting in itself because it's the first time since 1776 it's come back to its natal place. Pluto is in the second house of the US chart. The second house is the economy. And it's also the country's wealth, but also the country's values. So the economy, well, because of the whole virus situation, clearly the, the economy's kind of been all over the place um, and is going to have to be, the country is being rebirthed into a second era, a second episode for another 246 years. So the economy is being rebirthed. I mean, there's a lot in the Gestalt about you know, are we, are we shifting from an entire financial system to something different called Nasara and Gasara? I'm not an expert on that. Certainly, I think cryptocurrencies will be big. That doesn't necessarily, in my terms, mean successful, but they're going to be much more prominent because of Uranus in Taurus, Uranus digital Taurus money. So certainly, they're going to be huge revolutionary changes in economies right across the world, very much so in the US and the country's wealth. And that doesn't mean bad, it just means different. But I think the big thing, the really big thing for the US is, who are you? Mm -hmm. Who are you from this point on? I mean, this starts to become exact, this Pluto return in February 2022, but we're in it. We're in because it's such a slow orbit. We're in that process right now. So who, who are you? I mean, there were very clear values that were set out when the United States was born. But who are you becoming now? I mean, because there are big splits in the, in the US as there are in many countries. So which bit of the split represents the US? So that I think is a really, really big issue. I mean, in general, the Saturn Uranus square is very much about human rights and freedoms. And you have the Statue of Liberty you know, is one of your symbols. So, you know, I think the definition of the US and who they are is, is going to be, is really going to be one of the very big themes and one of the soul searching themes as you go through. Uh, in fact, Pluto will stay there through 2022, 2023. So yeah. this is a, a long-term kind of diving deep process, but it does suggest, again, a deep fundamental and permanent change, not only to government and leadership, but to the economy, a sense of um, self-worth in the world. You know, what, do you, what are you standing for now? But also the values. So I think that's very interesting too. Um, transiting Pluto through end of last, 
really cool actually all through 2020 into early 2021 and it'll be coming back again from august to december transiting pluto is opposing mercury in the u.s chart now mercury is the media and the free press now i think that is extremely interesting because um, <laughs> again this is suggesting a fundamental change in the media and we could all have very strong views about what we think about the media. I personally haven't listened to mainstream media for about 13 months. And as a result, I think my frequency has shot up several hundred <laughs> points, okay? just doing that one thing. I mean, God, don't listen to that. Um, so, but Pluto, transiting Pluto opposing that Mercury may say something else about free speech oh. because it's Pluto can have a, almost a kind of almost brutal and, oppressive and suppressive quality as well. So, you know, how free is free speech, given that the Saturn-Uranus square is really fundamentally about human rights and freedoms. If you look at it historically, that's how it's played out, that they are being tested because Saturn is control and Uranus is freedom. Um, you know, Saturn's going to play by the rules, you've got to obey the laws, you've got to do what government says, because part of government, Uranus says, no way, I'm a maverick, I want to break all that up and smash things up. And that actually, that whole theme is reinforced again by Pluto moving through Capricorn, the deconstruction of the old order, in such a conservative, conservative sign as Capricorn. And Uranus, again, that, you know, odd bedfellows really, but the really odd bedfellows are Uranus moving through Taurus because Taurus wants to keep things steady, wants to keep things as they are, it's to do with the banking system and permanence and materialism and all of those things. And Uranus just wants to smash the whole lot up. So you've got two huge archetypes of Pluto and Uranus, which are about breaking up, breaking down the old in earth signs which want to hang on to the old. So it's, you know, it's very, very clear. And if you look at the Saturn Uranus square, I hope I'm not talking too much jargon here, but if you look at the Saturn Uranus square, Saturn, the planet of the past, is in Aquarius, the sign of the future, and Uranus, the sign of the future, is in Taurus that want to keep things as they are. So this is kind of layers and layers of, you know, freedom, control, truth, you know, all kinds of different, I could talk, you know, at length about that, but that's how it's sort of playing out globally. So the, those are some of the big things. I think what's very interesting, very interesting indeed, is on the 4th of December this year, there's a solar eclipse exactly on that US ascendant within one minute. Wow. And I think that's going to be very interesting to observe. Now, it's a solar eclipse, not a lunar one, which right. is, I think, um, better news because solar eclipses um, are big new beginnings, but there's a jump. There's a jump to it. It's not gradual or linear or expected. You know, it's a bit of a surprise, bit of a wild card. So it's so interesting that's happening exactly as Pluto is moving into that final kind of docking with its natal position, which happens right at the beginning of 2022. So there's a major, major rebirth happening here for 
um, for the US, which I think is absolutely fascinating. The other thing of note to pick up, which is happening now, you know, I'm not looking down the tunnel yet, just really ha happening now, is um, transiting Neptune has been opposing natal Neptune okay. in the US chart. Um, and that's really exact now, all the way through 2021, 2022, up till uh, March 2023. So Neptune is about drugs. And I think that really relates to a lot of the opioid crisis that you've had in the States, drugs and pharmaceuticals. Clearly now there are other widespread pharmaceuticals being used. It's as far as I want to go on that, but I'm sure everybody can understand what I'm saying here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, that's happening right now. Neptune always has the potential of confusion. So that's its lower expression. People are, are confused or there's misinformation or disinformation or that kind of thing. I mean, at a, at a better level, this is about idealism. It's about spiritual idealism. And it's interesting, it's in this ninth house of, of legal issues and constitutional issues. So again, are there, have there been kind of confusions in the legal process? Some people feel that they have in the US, that it hasn't sort of come up to standard recently. Um, are there confusions around what the constitution says as opposed to you know in terms of what it represents in terms of human rights yes there's a lot of idealism around that but i think to live that opposition people have to be at a spiritual level of awareness to live that at its best to live it as spiritual idealism to bring about this spiritual rebirth for america because this rebirth is dependent, exactly as we were saying, Paige, is dependent completely on the level of consciousness of the nation. I can't tell you how it's going to unfold because it's down to the collective consciousness. So this Uranus-Uranus opposition could be absolutely exquisite in terms of birthing a new episode of spirituality in the US and you could lead the world in that or much confusion and delusion and misinformation around particularly things like, you know, pharmaceuticals. Wow, yeah. And there's st other stuff coming down the road, obviously a little further away, but those are the things that really kind of stood out to me very clearly in, in the US chart. Yeah, and I've heard astrologers usually say that Neptune is their least favorite planet because it's just fog. Just as fog, yeah. right? It's, it's so difficult to deal with Neptune. And I'm having my first Neptune hit in 20 years. It's my Mercury. And I was concerned. And actually, I'm loving it. I just want to create beautiful things and sleep. <laughs> yeah, fabulous. It takes you to a higher spiritual level. I've got it right on my sun now and for the next two years. And it's about altered states, which can be, you know, meditation and perceiving higher levels and perceiving energy more clearly, um, you know, it's shifting up in your psychic sensitivity and getting connected to source in a better way. So, you know, bring it on for me. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I really am enjoying it. I was kind of nervous because I was like, oh, please don't throw a fog over my reality. Not at all. It's been very pleasant. And um, I'm noticing in reality, 
I'm, I'm noticing a few things. So there's definitely people who are very much in fear. And then there's like those that I affiliate with and we're just, it's almost like you have to kind of focus in on your personal reality. And the more you do that, the better things are. Um, like you said, avoid, avoid just media altogether, kind of avoid the noise. And I just, I'm not in this space of, of being afraid. And things are getting more amped up, more confusing, more whatever. And yet I'm just like, mm, well, but I, I chose to be here at this time. So I'm like, I guess I'm going to endure it, right? Like, <laughs> and helping people um, in every which way I can, you know, through natural healing modalities, through education, you know, any way, way I can to help people kind of raise their own consciousness. Because, um, you know, if, if what I was taught years ago when I first started um, my yoga practice was that there would be maybe like a, a shift or a divide at some point in consciousness as the, as the earth kind of shifted. I feel like we're starting to move into that era. Definitely. Yeah. I, you know, there's some very, there's a very clear divide in society around some very obvious issues and yeah, it's the fork in the road, big time. <clears throat> yeah, big time. So it'll be very interesting to see how it unfolds in the U S because in a sense you do, you do, you do lead the world. Um, and it's also on the 10th of June, there's a solar eclipse, which is going to be conjunct the Mars in the US chart. Oh, okay. So, mm, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as well, because, um, you know, Mars is assertion or aggression or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see Mars also rules the fourth house, which is the kind of the home base. Um, there's going to be a, a many, many more earth changes happening. Partly I can see that with Uranus in Taurus, uh, Uranus earthquakes, Taurus, the earth, but it's also the cosmology that there's such a drop in the magnetic shield and that kind of lifting of, of pressure of the magnetic shield is causing the earth's core to expand and the earth's crust to crack. So mm. if I'm looking at it, you know, in physics or cosmological terms, that's what's happening, but I can see it in the astrology, Uranus in Taurus until 2026. So it'll be interesting to see because Mars that's going to be hit by that solar eclipse on the 10th of June, ruling the, the home base. If there's anything that's about an earth shift happening then, We'll see. I, I don't know. We'll wait and see. It's, it's really that's when you've got to start looking at the astrocartography of, of eclipses, because then they will highlight particular areas of the world geographically that are going to be hit more um, or, or more likely to come into the news, let's say. Yeah, with, for sure. If I'm making sense, I hope I'm not talking too much jargon. I hope I'm making sense here. You are to me. So. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. <laughs> is there anything else specific that that because i had highlighted a few things that i saw in the u.s chart that i wanted you to cover which you have is there anything specific that you saw that is happening coming that we haven't covered yet um not so much imminently i mean i've i've covered um the, the, the things that i think are the really really big things if i'm looking further down the road um it's interesting. I mean, on the through the second half of 2023, solar art Mars will be on the moon of the US. The moon is the people in mundane astrology. So the people are likely to be cross, let's say. 
quite cross in the second half of 2023. If I'm looking a little further down the road to um, May 2025 to March 2026, transiting Uranus is squaring that moon, which brings up some very revolutionary feelings people take into the streets in a in a in a much bigger yeah. way so that's going to be very interesting and then really it's kind of for the world as we really through 2024 25 26 we've got all the outer planets moving into different signs essentially we're moving from water and earth into air and fire and that means everything is going to be even faster even faster than it than it has been in the past and even is now. Pluto starts to move into Aquarius in spring 23, fully by the end of 24. Uranus is moving into Gemini starting mid 25, fully spring 26. Neptune moves into Aries in 2025. So that, you know, the big, big heavyweights are shifting. Yeah. That means everything is going to be much faster. Everything is going to be even more connected and digitized than it is now, if that's possible. So I would really advise people to be very aware of their choices. For instance, it is my conscious choice to live as a happy Luddite. I turn my mobile phone on probably every two months. I lost it for a month recently when I was cycling. Didn't bother me one bit. So it is a very conscious choice that my life is not going to be dominated by that mobile phone. Yes, I have to use the computer a lot, but I am aware of um, this, this connectivity and digitization, which can be massively to our benefit. I mean, we couldn't speak now if it wasn't for that. Sure. You know, so it, it connects us to like-minded people all over the world, which is absolutely fabulous. But I think we need to be discriminating in, in, kind of how far we let that into our lives as individuals. I, let me just say that. Now, one thing I've noticed with Pluto is, um, and I went back, like I went back to Pluto and cancer and I was like, just really kind of tracked each era. And what I've noticed with Pluto is it doesn't seem to amplify the energy of the sign as much as it undoes the energy of that sign, right? It's like, and that's why I'm really curious about Pluto going into Aquarius because if Aquarius is technology and AI and I'm like, oh, well, Pluto is going to hit it. So maybe we'll not have as much technology and AI as everyone thinks because it's going to get in there and go, well, this doesn't work. And this is, this is, this is not a good frequency. And this is actually going to cause more problems. And this, you know, and it's just going to maybe dismantle it more. I don't know. It shows it, if there's any shadow operating in that sign, it shows the shadow side. So it deconstructs the symbolism of the sign if it is found wanting and not for our highest good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if this technology is all absolutely A1 and fabulous and for our highest good, and much of it will be, because it's going to help us advance to higher states and there's going to be some wonderful benign technology and med beds, light capsules, developed with the help of the, you know, off-planet galactics. I mean, it's going to be, a, you know, some wonderful inventions. But equally, that's why I was saying I think we have to be very discriminating to make sure that we are adopting the technology that is for our highest good, not just because it's the latest cool gadget. Am I being clear? So Yeah, so, well, yeah. absolutely. Pluto deconstructs. Pluto always shows up the shadow side of the symbolism of the sign it's moving through. 
Right. And Pluto, you know, being control, manipulation, domination. I, I, what I love about Pluto, and I've really learned to work with Pluto, is you, you don't get into a power struggle with Pluto because <laughs> you won't win. Um, and so it seems that it tends to put pressure on that like astral body where our knee-jerk response might be more control, more manipulation, more domination, because we want, we want to secure the old identity when actually it just makes it that much worse if we do. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like that's been my personal experience with Pluto. So when I feel Pluto coming, I'm like, whatever you want, just take it. (laughs) I'm not resisting. Take it. (laughs) What's wonderful about understanding the language, because it is clunking in my head, whether I'm translating astrology or, or French. So I know it's a language. What's great about understanding even the basic symbolism is you can say to yourself, okay, how am I going to live this? How am I going to play this? Am I going to play this to the best and fullest and most magnificent and for our highest, the highest growth of all? Or am I just going to go with what's easy and cool and, you know, the latest whiz gadget? I, you know, so it's, it, it makes you more conscious because it gives you the vocabulary to become more conscious about how you use the planetary archetypes. Yeah, definitely. And it didn't even occur to me. I was like, whoa. And then we have Uranus going into Gemini. That's only going to amplify. Yeah. All of this. Yeah. But this could be galactic communication. You know, Uranus is linked to the galactics. And that's what I think is so exciting because we're on the threshold. I've often sent in the videos of stepping into becoming galactic citizens in a much bigger way so this to me is galactic communication that's going to be happening starting from well it's happening now for many people i mean many people channel the galactics good friends of mine channel the galactics but particularly from mid 25 onwards this could be we get sight of of galactic beings in a much bigger way much more obviously and that's really exciting i think i mean that's a, a whole game changer yeah, and the definition of like lineage. Yes. Very different. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know, where's your I, family from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know all of that. I know where I came from, and it wasn't here. You know, I don't know what I'm doing here, really. But, uh, you know, for many people, they're going to start to become much more conscious of that because all of us have elements of other planets and galaxies within us. We're made of stardust. Even Professor Brian Cox says that. We're made <laughs> of stardust. Right. And so then with, with Neptune then going into Aries, that feels like a fish out of water for sure. <laughs> yeah, again, it's sort of, you know, strange bedfellows, but that to me is spiritual leadership. Mm. At its best, that is spiritual leadership of some really amazing leaders coming to prominence. We have to be careful not to be in a fog or Neptune confusion. But if we're clear about it, because we're in our altered state of, you know, fine perception with Neptune, that can become just a sensational leadership for the world. Maybe galactic leadership with Uranus moving into Gemini at the same time. So this can be like a whole new episode in Earth's history of stepping out to this vast cosmos that we've been so unaware of. You know, we've been so captivated by our Earth life and our our mobile phones. You know, we haven't we haven't looked out to the skies for a long time, and that's why, as I've often mentioned recently, I'm very excited about this next layer of 
of dwarf planets and Kuiper belt objects which are being discovered now because that's another jump in our consciousness, mm. another level to our consciousness. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely going to be, um, I mean, sometimes I'm like, why did I choose to be born during this time? <laughs> I'm like, well, whatever, here we go. <laughs> But it's a big jump in consciousness and, you know, people are feeling it because because of all this, this very high level crystalline photonic light coming in, which we haven't known for about the last 12,000 years, we're being every cell of our body is being electrically repatterned and people are feeling it, getting odd physical symptoms. I mean, how can we not? So people are kind of going through the mill physically because it's a physical upgrade. This, this jump in consciousness is also a physical upgrade. Our DNA is coming back online. You know, we've only had a couple of strands working. We're going back to reactivating hopefully 12 strands. And that puts us in touch with so many other kind of superhuman abilities, which we may have had as beings thousands of years ago, but we've, you know, we've lost over the ages for various reasons. So it's very, it's very exciting. I mean, it's not, it's not smooth, <laughs> it's not comfortable because we're living through that demolition of the old to birth the new, but it's very exciting. If you can get on riding that wave in the photon belt, this becomes very, very exciting because it puts us in the mode of much more being the creator rather than the victim. Right. You decide, you decide what you want your reality to be. And it's an interesting thing that you just said having studied, you know, quantum physics at a young age and then astrology and everything. And, and you go, why can't I just manifest instantly? And, you know, I explained to people as I've had to kind of learn myself, you know, we're, we're still kind of bound by the 3d world and the karmic plane, but as things shift, things will be less dense and our capacity to manifest will be that much more powerful. However, you know, things are going to come back that much quicker, regardless of what it is, right? So that's why it's important to be conscious of your thoughts and words and your actions. And I know I live that way. Like, I can't, I can't even, like, think, think poorly about someone. Like, I'll stub my foot, like, two seconds later. I'm like, I'm so glad I did that, you know? Like, I'm, I'm so bound by everything that I create at this point. But, <clears throat> and then I hear friends who are very spiritual, and they're, they're frustrated that things aren't happening faster. And I'm like, but we're still bound by these dense rules, these dense people. Like, <laughs> like we're in between right now. We are. And we've got a foot in both camps. Most of us have got a you know, foot in both camps to one extent or the other. But for people who are being very clear, I mean, you're spot on page. People are being very clear about their thinking and their emotional set point, their, you know, their, their default frequency that they're broadcasting. And they are in the mode of, OK, I want to start a community. They are just bumping into synchronicities all every day. You know, you see the right person in the right place, who's got the right information, who can connect them to somebody else who would help, you know. And just through magical synchronicities, they are building communities incredibly quickly, which is all about Aquarius, grassroots mm -hmm. up. That's, you know, back to hippie days, really. That's when communities flowered again at that time. So we're vortexing upwards to have another different set of communities of like-minded people. But the synchronicities for many people are happening incredibly fast. I know people whose lives have changed literally within a couple of months, if they can sustain that high level. Is there anything 
specific that's going on that we haven't addressed that you think is important for people to be aware of at this time? Um, I think the big, the big general piece of advice, which is something I say a lot, is to understand that you are creating from the inside out. Don't get buffeted by the drama. There's 10 tons of drama, you know, news stories, alternative versions of reality. And we really don't know how much of it is true of anything we take in. So less and less and less I'm observing anything coming at me in terms of information. And I am very much in the mode of creator of saying I am creating everything from me, everything in my world. So I'm kind of turning inwards. And the more you can live life from the inside out rather than the outside in, the more comfortable you will be. And that's the big kind of overarching advice I give to people because the outside is going to be lumpy. It is going to be rocky. The higher your frequency, the smoother it will be for you versus the people who, you know, are still watching the nightly news and going through the drama. So to give yourself an easier ride through this incredible time of turbulence and transition, just walk your talk, you know, just, just keep an eye in a high state. I think that's the best advice I can give you. But, you know, this Saturn Uranus square, we've got it all year. Really, it doesn't come exact again next year, but we've got it really operational till the end of next year as well. And that really is issues of human rights, old and the new, you know, the past and the future. Um, it's, you know, Saturn is the earth, Uranus is the sky god, the galactic. Um, Ur Saturn wants to keep things safe and limited, and Uranus just wants no limit. No, just smash it all up and let's see what we, we can create that's better than that at a higher level. And Uranus is also about finding your, really discovering your unique essence, even within communities, which are gonna be more and more um, common and popping up, finding your unique gift to express within those communities is going to be very important. So it isn't like you, you lose your individuality. If anything, you gain more individuality, but expressing that within a communal setting, is that going to happen more and more? And really being aware that we're developing superhuman abilities. People are becoming more telepathic, more sensitive, <clears throat> compassionate. We're becoming more wave and less particle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely like one thing that I find as a coach that I'm always trying to inspire people. You know, I think we've unfortunately been so, I blame religion back to the, the Catholic church. It's like, they just wanted to control the mindset. Like this whole media thing, this, no, 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 this goes way back. <laughs> and to awaken people to the idea that they're infinite, that they're limitless it's, it's, it's like, what? No, I'm not. Like, it's incredible the resistance you get from that. And it's like, no, 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 you absolutely are. And, and I think that that is like the one piece of advice that like, I would give to someone to just like, kind of lean into that and, um, you know, break away from this idea that you, you know, I don't know that, that you're, that you're, I don't, know, I don't know what the opposite of that would be, but <clears throat> that you're not significant, right? That, that you're not here for a reason and that you, you're, it's okay to control you. No, like you're a sovereign soul and, you know, you're here for a reason. So like lean into that. And um, that's what my yoga practice taught me, you know? And the more I would say to myself, people were always so impressed by my practice and I would tell them, you know, one day I just, I got 
on my mat and I, and I literally said to my higher self, I want to see my limitations. And what I discovered was I had none. And so it just became this place that I would operate from, you know, like I'm not going into like, show me the, 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 the limit. I want to, I want to go beyond that. And, and when I took my brain beyond that, it was like, Oh, well, we can't give you an answer to that question. So Amazing. Yeah, 100%. Wonderful. Because we, we scarcely have begun to understand how powerful we are as creators. We, you know, we've lived such small, limited lives up to this point in 3D, and that's just all going to be blown apart. Well, it's, it's, it's blowing apart right now. Even just with people's health, you know, I am kind of blown away at people who they, they suffer and struggle with the body, with whatever it is that they have. And they assume, like even just women who have menstrual issues before their periods, thinking it's normal. So those are symptoms of an imbalance, <laughs> right? Like that's not necessarily your experience that you have to have, you know. So you're 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 caught up in dogma that's not accurate. Let's move out of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where can people find you? Yeah. Um they i've got a very busy youtube channel pam gregory astrology i'm operating on facebook and also on miwi um my website is pamgregory.com um just to say i do have a notice on that i'm not doing any more client work and last time i said that in an interview about two weeks ago over 200 people wrote to me and said could you just squeeze one more in i know it's four to five hours prep but could you just squeeze one more no sorry you know done because i've got to reduce this unsustainable seven days a week mm-hmm. workload so really sorry about that no more client work but i do have a very detailed um about seven thousand word monthly newsletter which i put out end of every month that covers things like i often refer to the us or other countries in that um because i can say a lot more than in the videos i've got some teaching videos in there and yeah i do a youtube update every two weeks and yeah, I'm just putting out a lot of information all the time, really. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking time to honor me and my podcast and my audience. I appreciate it. Like, it's really a privilege. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Really enjoyed it, actually. We've covered some very wide ground in that, in that hour. Well, so, and I, know yeah. you get, I know you get a lot of emails, and I'm like, yes, mine got through. <laughs> yes, I do. About a thousand a day. Yeah. <laughs> so yes specially selected well thank you so much and i hope that you enjoy the rest of this sunday and i know you're you're dealing with some allergies and i hope that you feel better soon thank you and um i guess that's a wrap wonderful really enjoyed it Paige. thank you so much thank you bye for now bye